Welcome to That's Good Sports. I am your host, Brandon. If I ever run a billion dollar franchise, I guarantee I will make fewer mistakes than the Rams, Perna. Oh, the Rams revealed their new uniforms, and they are worse than even I could have dreamed. They feature a new color called Bone, which is art jerk talk for used sweaty sock off-white. I'm also getting a little bit worried about my Denver Broncos now that Colin Cowherd has predicted Drew Locke to be the breakout second-year QB star and possible 2020 NFL MVP candidate. Way too much positivity around the Broncos for my liking. The Seahawks allegedly tried to trade Russell Wilson to the Browns, and NFL broadcasters are planning on pumping in fake crowd noise for audiences if teams play in empty stadiums. Plenty of weird NFL news to discuss today. Let's get sports. This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football, that's good. Yes, I did see that Nick Wright predicted the Broncos to go 3-13. and And yes, there will be a video like I made for Adam Rank's 2-14 and prediction coming up probably Monday. Now, the Rams' new uniforms, like their logo, have been met with an endless stream of mockery and memification on the internet. And again, leading the charge is former Rams legend Eric Dickerson, who said the uniforms look soft and that the horns on the helmets look like bananas. A lot of people are mad about these uniforms, but I respect the Rams' respect for social distancing. They created uniforms that look perfectly crafted from at least 20 yards away. Get too close and you will get sick. Again, a power move by the Rams. Hard to lose games if opponents are puking every time they try and tackle you. Now, the Rams' uniforms look like the rough draft of the Chargers' new uniforms by the designer the Chargers fired for being incompetent. I'm really happy that these uniforms look terrible. Otherwise, uh, one of my Madden 21 rejected covers would be irrelevant after less than a week. Not even Aaron Donald hand-delivering the uniforms to fans could make them like these hideous eyesores. Now let me address everything that sucks about these atrocities and then move on. The color bone looks like the color of what is excreted after two people bone. There is a weird gel around the numbers, which looks like your daughter got creative with the glitter glue in art class. There's a weird logo tag on the back of the neck. Gradient colors on uniforms always look terrible. Just ask the Jaguars. And the tag of their team name on the front looks like a sales tag they forgot to remove. Then you have the bone-on-bone color option, which makes it sound like you need to verify you're 18 years old before viewing. Or you have the Best Buy and Ikea color schemes. Am I buying a television or am I buying a couch that will take three years to assemble? Tell me, Los Angeles. Actually, SoFi Stadium is the IKEA furniture of NFL stadiums now that, now that I think about it in terms of how long it is taking to be constructed. Moving on, the idea that football will be played without fans seems to get a bit more real every day. It appears there will be a blend of states not allowing massive public gatherings with states happy to get people back into the petri dishes we call stadiums. 
California is a state that almost certainly will not allow fans to attend games in 2020 unless something drastic changes by the fall, which means three teams from California will be homeless. The 49ers, the Rams, and the Chargers, which... To be fair, the Chargers and Rams have played the last two seasons without a home, so one new homeless team in 2020 for California. If that does happen, the 49ers could end up sharing a stadium with the Cardinals, and the Raiders' new stadium in Las Vegas could be the home for the Raiders, Chargers, and Rams. I think Pro Football Talk posted the article about it, which would mean that Allegiant Stadium in its inaugural season could potentially host 24 home games. Pro Football Talk said 48 in their article, but that doesn't make sense. Uh, If a scenario like that happens, you could see uh, stadiums in Florida also becoming home for teams from the North as well. That's just the first hurdle, though, in making football happen in 2020. The second will be convincing all of the players to play, which if any of them are thinking about this the same way Blake Snell is from the MLB, that might be difficult. Hey man, what's wrong with you, bro? Money should not be a thing. Bro, I'm risking my life. What do you mean it should not be a thing? It 100% should be a thing. If players take on Dana White's attitude, football could be great again. Uh, in the New York Times today, that was very critical of the execution of- Fuck that guy. I, fuck that guy. Do so you not worry about the, like, the, the, the... I don't give a fuck. If the NFL lines up the stadiums, gets the players on board, and let's not even think about what will happen when teams have to forfeit games because too many guys have the virus, the last hurdle really is broadcasting the games without the fans. According to anti-porn narrator Joe Buck, networks are almost guaranteed to use fake crowd noise under the broadcasts, so we viewers feel like we're getting a real football game experience. And that actually makes sense, and it's going to create a new job. Audience noise crowd yell simulation guy. Title pending. Now, a sound engineer slash designer is going to have to be on point, dialing up the right kinds of reactions on a play-by-play basis. That won't be an easy gig, and I hope boos are included for opposing teams and Santa Claus slander from Philly fans at Christmas also included. The crazy part, though, is there's also talk about putting simulated fans in the stands on screen. Virtual fans? That seems stupid. The crowd noise is a necessity, but we get it. Fans aren't there. We don't need a bunch of animated minions in the stadium to trick us into thinking everything is normal in the world. Wait, that might be exactly what we fucking need. My question though is, can they accurately animate every fan base? I'm not sure you can replicate the drunkness of a Bills fan, the deep-seated racism on top of pompacity required to be a Patriots fan, the indifference it takes to root for the Lions every week, the delusion that you represent America as a Cowboys fan, or the illiteracy to be a Raiders fan. How does an animator portray that in a 3D rendering at that scale? In terms of modeling fake fans, network animators have stated they are starting their research with all New England Patriots fans now rooting for Tampa Bay. Chris Sims stated that he heard a rumor, a rumor, and not the Fleetwood Mac album, that from trusted sources, the Seahawks offered up Russell Wilson to the Cleveland Browns for their number one pick in the 2018 draft. That was the pick they of course used on Baker Mayfield. Personally, I do not believe this rumor. 
I cannot imagine a football team being dumb enough outside of a Bill O'Brien run football team to trade away the best player their organization has ever had, a perennial top five QB and Super Bowl MVP for a draft pick. The only thing more stupid than that would be to say no to that trade offer, which is actually the part of the story I believe. Only the Browns would be dumb enough to say no to a Russell Wilson and yes to a Baker Mayfield. That would be like me saying no to a penis extension and yes to more body hair. Earl Thomas will not be suspended because his wife threatened to kill him. That seems to make way too much sense for an NFL suspension policy though. You mean to tell me Roger Goodell doesn't think nearly being shot by your wife deserves a suspension? That says more about Roger Goodell's marriage than anything else in my opinion, which I'm sure Dave Portnoy will verify after winning the auction to watch a game in Roger Goodell's man cave this upcoming season. Just $250,000 Portnoy paid for that. And I can't imagine a scenario where two more unlikable people would be in the same room at the same time. And I say that as a man who attended Ahmad Rashad's wedding. Yes, that is OJ Simpson and Bill Cosby as Rashad's groomsmen. Possibly Stanley Hudson officiating. Finally, Colin Cowherd seems to be the newest bandwagon Broncos fan in sports media. Cowherd analyzed a bunch of second-year quarterbacks who could have a breakout MVP performance type season. He's basing this on the fact that Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson both won MVP their second season after not starting a full year the season before. The quarterbacks he's looking at in 2020 are Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke, Gardner Minshew, and Jarrett Stidham. And I actually agree with every reason he gave as to why Drew Locke has the best chance to outperform all of those guys. And I say that with extreme bias in favor of Drew Locke. He's got a young tight end. That's a position in the NFL that struggles in year one named Noah Fant. I think Noah Fant's going to be a star. He also has a great young receiver that you don't know much about from SMU named Cortland Sutton. They drafted two wide receivers to support him. One of them, my favorite in the draft, Jerry Judy. They also, by adding Malvin Gordon, have two borderline Pro Bowl level running backs. They went out during the offseason, made their defense better, and I don't even worry about that with Vic Fangio. I am as optimistic as a Broncos fan can be about Drew Locke, but I think MVP consideration at this point is a stretch. I think Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes are outliers compared to the field. However, if he does win MVP, I will not take a page out of the rank playbook and I will not apologize to Colin Cowherd. In fact, I will wipe this video from the internet and threaten the families of everyone who dare bring it up. The constant I see between those three quarterbacks is they've been put in ideal situations. It feels like an ideal situation is building around Drew Locke in terms of skill, position, talent, and Denver. The biggest question mark now, though, is offensive coordinator Pat Shermer. Andy Reid, elite play caller, perfect fit with Mahomes. The Ravens went all in to build around Lamar Jackson's skill set and promoted Greg Roman, who masterfully called plays for Colin Kaepernick. Hey, look, I said Kaepernick without using his name to inspire controversy. Pat Shermer once got more out of Case Keenum than anyone expected, so that's why I have some questions around Shermer. For the sake of Fox Sports credibility, 
I am sure they are hoping that somehow both scenarios come true. The Broncos go 3-13 per Nick Wright's prediction, and Drew Locke still wins MVP. That would be their power play on ESPN. And based on how 2020 has gone so far, that's a scenario I actually sort of believe can happen. Uh, Thanks for watching another episode of That's Good Sports. Don't forget, I'm still doing football videos, even though you don't think football news can happen right now. It does. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, at Brandon Perna, if you want to follow those socials. Socialisms. Oh, yeah. This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good.